Hello, and welcome to the Humumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown. The podcast where we watch 31 horror movies throughout the hallowed month of October. Ranging from the critically acclaimed to film school projects gone gruesomely awry. And we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Sully Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously while we take these movies seriously. Today, we are here to talk about the movie Black Rock from 2012. Yeah. Do you know how this movie got onto the movie bot list? No, I don't know. I mean, it was a recommendation is all I know. Hmm. Okay. So Black Rock is the story of these three, like, late 20s, early 30s-somethings women who are, you know, at that point in their life where they need to have a, it's not a midlife crisis, but, you know, they need to have an event, right? There's like an intervention. I mean, no, no, but just, you know, it's those turning points in life where you're like, I need to figure out where I am. And they're all kind of at that point. And they get together, particularly because one of them, uh, Sarah, decides her two friends who don't really like each other anymore, have been feuding for a decade, have to get over it. So they, she takes them all out to this place where they used to spend their childhood, this island, and they're going to all be friends again. And they're going to dig up their old time capsule from when they were 10. Sounds cool, doesn't it? Yeah. It sounds like a great, like, sort of coming of middle age story, <laughs> right? Sure. And then the guys show up. Men ruin everything. <laughs> no, but uh, really, three guys, they find three guys are also on the island. So it's not hunting season. And these three guys are wandering around on the island, and they're going to, quote, eat anything they kill. Mm -hmm. And they seem cool. If by cool you mean super traumatized by the fact that they spent three years in Iraq and Afghanistan, definitely. Yeah. And there's like two of them just don't talk. It's it's a little suspicious. Yeah. They're sketchy. They're real sketchy. So anyway, the three girls are like, hey, we, we killed some SpaghettiOs. We have a bunch of beer, alcohol, what have you. You know, come hang out with us. They're all hanging out. Things go bad. Yeah. They, Surprisingly. They tend to. Weirdly, one of the guys gets killed is how this all starts. Yes. So one of the girls is like super coming on to him very aggressively. Super drunk. Super drunk. Super hitting on him. Invites him to follow her out into the woods. But then when she changes her mind, he's not down for that part of it. Yeah. I mean, trigger warning for that. It was not great. It was okay that he got hit with a rock. Was it okay that he died? Eh. <laughs> his, his friends did not think so. No, his friends were not okay with that. I'm not sure that I'm okay with it either. Like, none of what was going on was based on solid choices or no, it any was kind not, of humanity, sure. really. But yeah, so his friend, he, he dies. His friends declare that they're going to get revenge on these three girls, and the three girls end up running off into the woods and uh, we are off on our hunt the women through the woods of a main island yeah, uh, I mean, adventure. First time that anyone has ever thought to put that into a horror movie. 
I mean, chasing women, chasing through the women woods. through the woods. Yes, mm. that's mm. that's an idea. It is original. But you know what I was thinking though is actually obviously that's not original. We were being sarcastic very recently. You may have heard, but you know we're thirty movies into this now since we're doing two movies at a time, and. That's part of the fun. Like, this is another movie about people getting stabbed and smashed with rocks and murdered in various ways. And it's just that same thing, but it's so different from these other movies. Each one has had its own thing. And that's why that's why I enjoy this job is I'm like, even if the movie itself doesn't contain a lot of twists and turns and surprises, I'm still surprised and twisted and turned by the fact that this movie is what it is. And each one has its own flavor and style. Sure. It's fun to see the differences. Sure. Um, I do feel like if you ask other people to give you a recommendation about a horror movie, they're going to recommend a movie where people are being chased and stabbed and bashed with rocks. And like, this is the go-to, this is what people think horror movies are. And that's what MovieBot has definitely thought horror movies are. Yeah. For me, the big difference with this movie is that it was the story... Of women being chased by men. There was sexual assault in there. There was a lot of the same things that I have been consistently giving movies zeros for (laughs) throughout the month. But these women had agency. Yeah. These women, this was not the same kind of movie. Like right up front, I'm going to say, even though it sounds like it's very similar, I am not putting this movie in the same category as I would put Girl House or Revenge revenge, any of those, because these women were making choices and deciding what to do. They weren't just reacting to men doing terrible things Mm -hmm. to them. Even though it featured an extended, totally nude scene, which is an interesting twist that it was non-sexualized. It was. It was non-sexual. I'm not sure if you can honestly say it was non-sexualized. I'm honestly like, I don't know if it's me or the movie. Yeah. Maybe it was me. I don't know. But they decide to swim out for the boat. The water's super cold. They don't get the boat. They end up back on the island and they end up taking all their clothes off because the water was so cold. Like they're going to get hypothermia if they don't. So they take all their clothes off and they huddle together for body heat. Fine. Those aren't the parts that felt sexualized to me. To me, it was the way they were filming their faces next to each other. Even though there was nothing romantic about it, it had almost a romantic quality to, like, I don't know, there was something about it. I I mean, I know what you mean, but people can be friends. People can like each other or be very emotional about the fact that they were estranged for so long and now they've reconnected yes i agree with that it's just that there were time there were just points and not even just during that section i had already noted two different times in my notes where i'm like okay what is going to happen between lou and abby like i was certain (laughs) that it was going to end up that abby had left her husband because she had realized she was gay Because earlier on, the two other girls had been talking about how, oh, well, if I had to be gay, and she hadn't (laughs) jumped in on it. That's true, yeah. And she she was holding on to all this anger because Lou had slept with a boyfriend 10 years before that she thought she was going to marry, and she's still mad about it. And I'm like, oh, we're going to find out she's not mad about the boyfriend. She's mad about Lou. Mm. You know, like, there was all this stuff. That all sounds good. And it's all possible. 
Could I be. mean, yes, it is all possible, and none of it was in the story. But it wasn't even those things. Like, I was just like, oh, maybe these could go things. The parts that made me think this is definitely going to happen where there were just moments where, like, Lou and Abby, like, rested their heads against each other mm-hmm. in supportive ways that, to me, was like, oh, this is this is an intimate relationship building. And it never was. It was just friendship, yeah. which, like you said, that is a form of intimate relationship. And so I don't know if whoever was filming this was putting their own, like... They they didn't understand that women can have non-sexualized <laughs> relationships. Or if I've just been so broken by society that I couldn't see this intimate friendship developing without it needing to be something sexual. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, they were friends since they were little kids and then split apart and then together again. I feel it felt okay to me, like... No, this I is, think this is a positive thing. I think you're probably right, which super weirds me out. Like <laughs> it super weirds me out. Huh. Ah. Oh, huh. It's always interesting to have those biases that you like hold so deep inside that you don't even know they're there, that that have been part of your thinking yeah. for so long that you don't see them, you don't know they exist. It is so fascinating to have them suddenly be like, "Hey, hi." Why do you think this? Yeah. Or you're right. Whatever. Either way. What thoughts do you have about this movie? Okay. When I said, you know, it had its own different feel from the other movies, one thing about this movie is that the story was written by, I don't know her name, but she played Abby, the person who played Abby. But the screenplay from that was written by Mark Duplass, the star of Creep and Creep 2, which we've reviewed before. And he's well known not for horror particularly, but for like this kind of, I don't know how to describe it, but like conversation stuff, indie things that are about people talking to each other and having relationships and very naturalistic conversation stuff. Kind of Kevin Smithy, but without all the profanity and... Well, and without the stylized nature of it, like his is trying to be, this is real people, this is how they are, instead of putting on a front. And he's good at it. I think so. Like, these all felt like real human beings to me. And that's what was unique about this movie was it was kind of like these people hanging out in the woods and you're like, okay, this is real. Mm-hmm. And that was a weird thing D- throughout the movie. I was kind of like when they would get into these heightened situations, like they're fighting for their lives, I immediately bought into it and treated it as real. And I'm like... Well, so what do you really do? How does that really work? Versus other movies where I'm like, oh, you know, jump on him with a sledgehammer or whatever. Especially, this is jumping way ahead, but the final fight in this movie is very real. It's like, everybody's really awkward. They're super exhausted. They're basically slap fighting to a certain extent, Mm -hmm. you know, because they're making all these awkward, like ineffective attacks against each other because that's how people are. That was one of the notes that I made is like, it's lucky that both sides are equally bad at what they are trying to do. <laughs> yeah. Like even, I mean, even though the guy was a trained military soldier, I don't know what branch he was in, like, but he know. was from the military. He had spent time. Yeah. 
because of the situation, like his gun didn't work. So he had to throw that aside. So then he was like, okay, now I have a knife. And, but yeah. these two girls were coming from different directions. Which was smart, which you don't see mm-hmm. that in a lot of movies. They Mm-mm. separated. So they came from different directions. Mm-hmm. It was good. And I was so mad that he threw that gun away. Although in the same breath, Abby had had a shotgun in her hands 30 seconds earlier. She had also thrown away. These are huge, heavy clubs. Like, don't get rid of those. That's better than the knife. Well, maybe. Yeah. I mean, for keeping people away from you. Given that the actual, like, real injuries and deaths uh, in this movie were mostly because of people hitting their heads on... (laughs) blunt objects or falling off of things or whatever you know like yeah maybe he would have been better served by keeping the gun as a club i mean you're fighting two people have that big long stick you can (laughs) keep yourself safe it didn't go well for him in the end no it didn't go well for him in the end so it made me think about cadaver oh yeah that's a weird connection so we had this whole discussion during our cadaver review about who survives in an apocalypse, right? Like the idealist or the realist, you know, the (laughs) pragmatist. And this is, I guess these are the pragmatists, but taken to an extreme, right? Like they're beyond the like shock value. We're we're putting on this elaborate play. Like Cadaver was so story-like. Yes. Whereas this one was more, and possibly because of the way he writes character interaction, something would happen, they'd be in a situation, and they would just, like, hunker down to their, like, most primordial selves, basically. Like, in that last fight scene, at one point, the girls are next to each other, and they're both, like, hunched over, and their arms are kind of forward, and they're, like, almost, they have this, like, ape-like style to how their bodies are being held because they're just in this I'm on the verge of attack mode and all out like there's nothing pretty or structured or organized about how they're doing their attack it's just pure adrenaline and lizard brain right it was very cool to to see that and to think about like oh that's I guess that's that extreme right yeah that's just very it feels so real like just in real life people don't have cool moves when they fight they just mm-hmm. they just go at it and do what they can do cuz you get very worked up and you don't know what you're doing mm-hmm. and i would say in most cases in real life in situations like that you no longer have philosophy right you just are either going to die or you're not going to die like that's it it's yeah. it, it's boiled down to these two opposing points and you'll fight pretty hard to not die (laughs) i think so and so this felt so much more realistic than cadaver did even the realism side of cadaver Mm -hmm. and that was i don't know that was hard to watch i think like yeah it is it's hard to look at characters like that and and know that in the same situation you would probably make the same decisions yeah, you uh, you just get stripped down to lizard. Yeah. Now, one character did head more into her brain rather than mm-hmm. her instincts and deserved to get shot in the head. Okay, well, that's <laughs> an intense statement. 
so Sarah definitely, she was the idealist in the group, right? She was the one of the girls who died first. Yeah. And, you know, again, I sort of think that says something about idealism in an apocalyptic world. Yeah. I mean, she, I, except the way she got killed was so, yeah, it was not pragmatic. The whole, the whole thing was they were trying to crawl sneakily along the beach to get to the water. And she was so loud. I don't even know how you could be this loud. I can't be this loud in normal interactions. She's going like, you guys, you guys, it's too far away. We got to not go to the boat. Forget it. And they're like, shut up. You know, if we were going to do that, we would turn around and not do this. We can't have this conversation as we're going. Yeah, she totally lost it. Like She She was yelling. She didn't have, if we use... A, a popular buzzword, grit. She yeah, didn't have the she grit, didn't have grit necessary to survive this situation. Now, I have some issues around that whole idea of, you know, that you have to be willing to kill yeah. to survive. I don't know. But this movie was definitely making the argument that that was necessary. I mean, that was part of the whole naked scene was they kind of became like cave women. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they were carving spears and stuff with the knife from the time capsule. So, yeah, it was about going to your your id again. Let's yeah. get back to that stuff. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I wrote down was that it the whole movie felt very Lord of the Flies. Yeah. Yeah, it really did. It was kind of a small-scale Lord of the Flies. That whole organic storytelling thing, again, it's also how the plot went. Like, I really liked that, you know, this was a story of guys out there hunting human beings. Uh, I was going to say for sport, but it's not. Mm-mm. They were hunting. For revenge. Sure. They're out there hunting human beings. And the way it got to that point was organic and made sense. Like, it all fell in place rather than this being, you know, a secret society of people who kill right. people on their island or whatever. Instead, it's just that America sends its boys over to right. other countries to become murdering machines who don't know how to deal with crisis yeah. in any way other than to shoot things. Yeah. Which is very realistic. That is very real. That makes me think of the fact that the actor who played Alex, one of the three men, is a writer on the show The Boys, mm-hmm. which is also very much about how the U.S. government takes heroic figures and <laughs> like erases the fact that they are not heroic, that they do terrible things, and just pretends those things don't happen so that we can have heroic figures. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like the whole critical race theory bills again. Yeah, I mean, so there's, you know, that quote, you know, religion is the opiate of the masses. I sort of think in America, heroism is the opiate of the masses. We have been fed this idea that people who are willing to kill and die for certain ideals are heroes, and we've kind of just... Let that become all we are. Yeah, that goes into cops, the military, patriotism. It's Mm -hmm. just all these, everything about it, you know, it's the greatest country on earth is what it is, clearly. That makes me think of the movie we watched last year, Uncle Sam. Was that what it's called? Oh, (laughs) yes. Yeah. 
which, which was about some of these ideas as well. Right. And also, like, very much these are not good things. Like, trying mm-hmm. to peel back that layer of veneer that's been shellacked over yeah. the ugliness that is our nationalism, our which, which we consider patriotism. And I think those yeah. two things are very different. Well, yeah, it's just very, I don't know, it's tricky. Like, the whole idea of... I, I don't know the definition of patriotism, but patriotism as a whole is like this concept of I really care about this group, yeah. not everyone else, not only to the exclusion of everyone else, but over everyone else. This is the one that's good. Everyone else sucks. Yeah. And that's not humane. That's hurtful. And, you know, it, do- it doesn't allow you to treat human beings as human beings. It puts them into categories and right good and bad right and then that bleeds over into your everyday interactions even within your own group which is what sure. this shows yeah it's like you know these these men who had only been back for 18 days i think they said they've been out of this you know war area this this traumatizing situation for less than three weeks yeah so all of these things all of these strategies that they had developed to stay alive kick in in this situation that does not require them yeah and they have their in-group and the out-group and they defended their in-group past the death yeah yeah it's interesting to me to be watching this movie today of all days i know like we're kind of breaking our fourth wall a little bit here (laughs) surprise surprise we are not in fact watching two movies a day and recording and editing a podcast all in one day that would Um, be intense yeah so the day that we are recording this is in fact september 10th the day before the 20th anniversary of the attack on the twin towers Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's been a lot of of discussion of this idea in the news, both because of the anniversary coming up and because of the U.S. pulling its troops out of Afghanistan, you know, what, like two weeks ago? Like, there's just a lot of that idea out there right now of, I feel like there's a lot of doubt around the dream of patriotism that has been created. Right. And that we've had for a long time. I I sort of think even back since like World War II, we were, we being, you know, like American military, we were big heroes back then. Right. Like (laughs) we got to feel really good about the fact that we stopped Hitler. Good deal. And we do like to simplify it to the point where America did that. Right. Like, (laughs) sure. (laughs) Nobody else was involved. A couple of people maybe sat at a table while things were signed, but Americans stopped that war. So we've been riding that wave of we're the heroes of World War II for a really long time. And it's just been like chipped away at underneath by Vietnam and Korea and every little Iraq secret and CIA Afghanistan, action. Right. Cuba, like the Iran-Contra affair, like every single interaction we've had on a global scale that's any kind of disagreement over the last 100 years, basically, almost. Almost, yeah. It's getting close. Has just been like clawing away at it inside until U.S. patriotism is like like a loaf of bread where the inside has all been eaten out by mice and it's just the outside and it looks like a loaf of bread. That's disturbing. But it's completely hollow inside. That's a good metaphor right there. 
when you first mentioned the hollow shell, I was like, ooh, M&M. But no, I'm glad you went with bread instead. Yeah. I mean, it just, it feels that way, which is sad for the people who choose, who, who with really good intention, want to protect the other people in their country. And, sure. you know, I know there's a lot of good reasons why people join the military. I don't think all soldiers are bad. I don't think all people who join the military are bad. I know there are lots of reasons for it. The issue that I have is with... So the way the United States uses the men and women in the military as like the thing in the front, like the cow catcher on a train or or the front of a an icebreaker ship up mm-hmm. in the Arctic Circle, like just bashing away constantly. It's all metaphors today. I know, right? Also, my brain is really tired, so I'm not sure that they're good metaphors, but they sound good to me in my head yeah. right now. I mean, technically a simile. Right. I'm going to listen to this later and be like, what the heck was I talking about? Well, they use the soldiers to break away all resistance to the terrible things they want to do to us. Yes. Even though the terrible resistance is often just people trying to live their lives the way they want to live their lives. And we're Which like... Which is not acceptable. No, you have to do it our way. Even though we're not happy doing it our way, everyone else should be miserable with us too. Yeah, that's a big part of it. I don't know, man. I mean, that's that's what comes from it's the greatest nation on earth. When, when you've got that as your standard, mm-hmm. you can't back down from it and you have to make it like well clearly it's the greatest to not have universal health care because we're the greatest therefore it's the greatest so even though we know it's not (laughs) even though we can statistically (laughs) prove that you guys are doing way better than us like so many people every year end up going bankrupt because they had the audacity to have a heart attack or get Mm -hmm. cancer like ugh so recently, I had two. In, I saw two interactions on Twitter. One one day, and one a couple days later. That have like kind of blown my mind. Right. Mm. The first one was somebody who was born and raised, lived their whole life in Texas, and they tweeted something along the lines of, "Wait, do you mean not all states have their students say a pledge to the state?" after pledging allegiance to the United wow. States like like their whole thing was when they were kids they would say the pledge of allegiance in school and then they would say That's you know the pledge disturbing. of allegiance to Texas and they were like wait don't all states do that and i was like uh no ma'am they do not <laughs> nope. uh, that was not a thing in minnesota or california uh, right okay so it was a moment of like I kind of laughed. I'm like, ha, 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 she thought that was a universal thing, and it was just Texas, right? I was also a little horrified at the idea because I had no idea that that happened in Texas. Yeah. Apparently it does, though, because in the comments there were lots and lots of Texans who were like, yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> and lots of non-Texans going, hold on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty creepy. Okay, and then a few days later, there was somebody from outside the United States that tweeted, wait a minute, are you trying to tell me The people in the United States grow up being constantly, like, literally told they are the best, strongest nation in the world. And I was like, duh. Yeah. Obviously. Constantly. And then I thought back to the previous one, and I was like, oh, God, we're Texas. (laughs) Well, yes. There's no question that the U.S. is the Texas of Earth. (laughs) 
Or it's the Florida of Earth. (laughs) I mean, Texas and Florida are in a race to see who can get to the bottom first. That's true. Yeah, it was, I definitely was like, oh, do you mean to tell me that not all people are raced being constantly told that they live in the best, richest, most wonderful country in the world? I mean, it's fairly North Korean Really? Uh, When you think about it. There was a thing I heard years ago about how in North Korea they have these propaganda videos like they shoot homeless people on the streets of L. Film homeless people on the streets of L.A. (laughs) Thank you for that clarification. (laughs) And then, you know, they show that in a video in North Korea and they're like, you know, this is what it's like to live in America. All Americans live like this and it's a nightmare. It's terrible. You're so lucky to live here. It's like we show pictures of people in Africa living in huts with no water and we're like, this is what Africa is like. I mean, it's the same thing. Indigenous people living in teepees and like, oh, my God, look, they only wear furs. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It is It is definitely like that. So anyway, like, I, I appreciate that this movie brought about so much discussion in this way and, and kind did. of brought back that idea of what do you need in order to survive in a life or death crisis situation Which when is, no one's going to save always, you? We're always looking into that because we're yeah. ready for it. Well, we're not at all ready for it, but no. we know it's coming. Yeah. I'm glad you were able to grow tomatoes this year. I mean, as long as my mom is around to start them for us. <laughs> yep. Which is a very American thing to say. It sure is. Uh, very, very privileged American, white mm-hmm. American. I waver back and forth. I mean, we've talked about this a lot, but I waver back and forth between I will be one of the first people to die because I am completely incapable of doing anything. Me too. And then sometimes I end up on the other side where I'm looking at these two women as they were in that final fight scene and they were in there like hunched over, ready to attack pose. And I'm like, "Eh, I can see myself there too. I can see you there too, but not me. (laughs) Just you. Yeah. Sorry. Baby, I can't see you. You gotta protect me. And see, like, I don't know that I could get there in that position for myself. Like they were there. That's what I'm there for is to enrage you. You, I might have to really, die to do that, though. I mean, you're really good at enraging me. <laughs> Wait. No, that's not what that means. Oh, yeah. If if you died, if, if someone killed you, I could definitely go there. I guess that's good to know. It doesn't help me very much. Either that or I'd curl up in a ball oh, that at would the bottom make of a shower it so and not worth it. die myself. That would be disappointing. Huh. Uh, what's One more thing about this movie. A leg was broken during this movie, and wouldn't you know, boop, right through the skin. It's always a compound fracture. Uh, we're going to keep track of that. Every break in every movie, and I'm going to see if there's ever one that doesn't come through the skin. I, You know, it's the streamers on the vents. Like, if, yes. if you can't see the bone sticking out of the skin, how do we even know it's broken? <laughs> I am a little bit afraid that I'm going to score this movie lower than it deserves because I am tired of watching this kind of movie. Mm-hmm. I want something different. I want, I want me too. I I liked how like last year we would look at the tags and be like, oh, we don't have anything for the demon tag yet. Let's find a movie that suits yeah, that, or we don't have fun. any poltergeist yet, or whatever. And I I don't feel like we're getting a lot of variety right now. So I'm a little burnt out on 
running around in the woods, beating up on each other. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That being said, I thought this movie was well done. All of the uh, technical elements were good. I thought the script was really good, and I liked the acting. I, I yeah. was impressed by that. It was an interesting story, perhaps a little unbelievable just in, like, how many bad things can happen to this group of six people all in a row. Like, it was a very specific series of events that happened, right? It, if yeah. any of those things hadn't happened, maybe they all would have calmed the hell down and, yeah. and made a different choice, right? Everything had to happen at just the right moment so that everyone stayed in the most heightened emotional lack of thought place possible. That's what makes it a story. We wouldn't talk about the situation where things went okay. Exactly. So, like, that's forgivable. And where I normally would ding it for women in danger, it felt totally different because these women were in danger, but much of it was based on decisions that they had made. So it did not feel like gratuitous violence on women it just felt like gratuitous human violence (laughs) sure (laughs) and it was making a point about gratuitous human violence i think which also makes a huge difference i think i'm gonna give this movie four fake tumors out of five and i'm gonna say like i i appreciated the thinking that it caused me to do so You know, I would recommend this movie for people. Yeah. Like you said, it's a movie about people getting stabbed and whatnot. So, like, I am tired of that. But, you know, like Prevenge before this, this is a case where they took that kind of thing and did something new and fun and different Mm -hmm. with it. And when I had that thought, I went, hmm. So between the two, I would say I like Prevenge more. It was more fun than this. But this was really good. And... That made me want to rate this lower than Prevenge, which got a four. But I think Prevenge's story was a little wonky. It had plot holes in it. Yeah. But it was a fun movie. Yeah. So then I heard you give a four, and now I'm like, okay, they can both have fours, and this, I'm just going to, I recommend Prevenge more than this, but they're they're both good movies. So I give Black Rock... Four fake tumors out of five, same as you. Okay. So then we need to talk about the evil twins of this movie, which is called Black Sheep. There have been some of these pairs where the movies ended up being more similar than we expected them to be. (laughs) Is this one of those? Where there was there were parallels between them, or there were ways we could tie them together. Mm-hmm. Black Rock and Black Sheep are not like those movies. I think they are different movies. They are quite different in that Black Sheep is a film from New Zealand mm-hmm. from 2006 uh, about zombie sheep. Yeah. It is a dark comedy. Uh, it's quite gory. Not scary. Comedy almost doesn't do it justice. It is a dark parody almost. Yeah. I think I like that you took the word comedy out because it's not funny. It was not funny. Although part of me wonders if that's because we're not from New Zealand. It's possible. There were definitely a lot of things in there where I was like, oh, I'm seeing insight into a culture that 
I'm not a part of. Like, yeah. there's a lot of uh, little slang they use that I assume comes from like Maori people or something. And Maybe. I don't know it at all. Yeah. Just words I did not recognize and they just throw them around. Yeah. It made me realize how, what a big part of their culture sheep actually are. Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, shouldn't have been a surprise to me, but this was just like, oh, like cows. I get it. Like, I don't know. It's I had to see it to put it all together. <laughs> so it's not just that the sheep are zombies in this movie. Like, they kind of are. They go around, they bite people and other sheep. And they turn the other sheep into sheep zombies like themselves, but they turn people not into zombies, but into were-sheep. Yes, this virus passes from sheep to sheep normally, but can also be passed to humans, which then physically alters your body to be, like, not just bigger than a sheep, but also bigger <laughs> than the human you used sure. to be. It's like the mass equivalency of what you were as a human plus a sheep. Right, it adds a sheep to you. Yeah, Yes, it adds a sheep to you. <laughs> and also makes your teeth stick out. Yeah, that was really gross. Yeah, so it was really dumb. I want to say, and I know this can't be true from some of these other movies, that I was more disappointed in this movie than anything else we've watched this month. I was just like, why are we still watching this? This is just whatever. I think there is a possibility of truth there because there's there was potential for something interesting to be going on. Mm -hmm. And then it was just so poorly handled. Yeah, it was not a well-made movie. But it was not well made in like a, I feel like there is an audience for this movie. I feel like there is a, a group of people who really like that kind of ridiculous, ludicrous, bizarro world parody kind of dark comedy. Yeah, it's um, got a little bit of like a Rocky Horror flavor to it. Not so far, but kind of. Yeah. And it's definitely the kind of thing I might have expected to see in Mystery Science Theater. Yeah. But yeah, I was also not interested in this movie. I'd watch the Mystery Science Theater episode of it. Yeah. So that you didn't have to actually pay attention to the movie. You could just pay attention to the funny parts. Yeah. That were not intentionally funny, but maybe <laughs> were intentionally funny, but were funny for different reasons than yeah. what was intended. I mean, I feel bad. It's very possible that these are great jokes. If you're from New Zealand, but for me, they fell pretty flat. Very yeah. flat. Yeah. And the special effects were upsetting. <laughs> yeah, they were. In a lot of ways. There's a lot of gross stuff in this movie. I am going to give Black Sheep one ATV out of five because it was disappointing and it did not work for me in any way. I do think, though, if you're the kind of person who enjoys... This what we have been describing as, you know, parody, dark comedy nonsense. You might like it, but I did not. So one eighteen yeah. out of five. Yeah, I mean, I can kind of see the idea that this is a parody of zombie movies, but eh, I'd rather watch a zombie movie. Yeah, yeah, me too. I would also give it one ATV out of five. It's feels I, I almost feel like it deserves a little more, but I don't know why, because it was not enjoyable at all. So that's yeah. why I'm giving it. I, I feel the same way. I feel like um, I wish I could give it more, but I, I, I'm i not going to. <laughs> <laughs> Just not going to go there. Nope. <laughs> well, have I got a surprise for you, Soli? Oh? Our upcoming films are both called Clown. Oh. <laughs> 
There's Clown from 2014 is our real movie. That's the one MovieBot has recommended that we watch. Okay. And luckily, we can also watch, for our viewing enjoyment, the highly rated film Clown from 2019, which has a 2.4 on IMDb. Ooh. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Um, I am... A little bit concerned because I have doubts about whether I want to watch one clown movie and now we're going to watch two. Yeah. Well, you don't have to watch both. We'll see. We'll We'll see. see. All right. Well, we'll be back here tomorrow to talk about whether we liked clown or clown. Yeah. I'm going to go with clown. Definitely. Just just straight up saying that right now. You're just going to put that right on out there. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. We'll find out if that's accurate or not tomorrow. Okay. See ya. You are enrobed in fluffy pink chocolate. Yes.